I'm hoping to get better at and one day, one day beat Ryan Konigsberg at is WGT Golf. Ryan, you are part of the sub 300. What what club? Wow. Oh, the oh the sub 300 club. Yeah. Um, should I go get my jacket or? That that's the right one. Well, I will yeah, beat you one day on WGT Golf. Um, starting this Friday today through Sunday, December 13th, we will be hosting the Ball is Poppin' Classic at Bandon Dunes. All country clubs can participate, and better yet, anyone can win. That's right. All you have to do is join the DNVR4 Country Club. If you haven't played, head to Bandon Dunes Golf Course and then enter into the closest to the whole challenge. Submit your screenshot on our pinned Twitter thread at DNVR underscore sports or email them to info at the DNVR.com. Once you have entered to win, we will choose a random winner each week to pick out a DNVR shirt of their choice and mask and we'll ship it to you. We will host a new course every week leading up to Christmas. Winners are picked every Monday and you've got nothing to lose. So go download WGT Golf today if you haven't. Join the DNVR for Country Club and head to Bandon Dunes for the ball is popping classic and hit some balls to get close to the pin. Has anyone played yet? I have not. I'm, I like to play on Sundays. I put on my red shirt um, and uh, play on red? Sunday. I, I, there's no red shirts allowed. Yeah, I don't own any red shirts, but I was a Tiger reference. <laughs> you got to. You, I, I do the same. On the toilet, in front of my pastoral, you know, it's a Sunday routine. I put myself in a golf state of mind, and it's very nice. I, I go to have... YouTube, and I type in play the Masters music with the little birds chirping and all that. Mm-hmm. I did have wow. a question. Can you just uh, can you like play one hole and then like go back to it, or do you have to like play the whole thing? Yes, you could play one hole at a time. Okay. I mean, it takes like less than five minutes to play the entire um, closest to the whole challenge. But I was gonna start playing, and then I was like, wait, I really need to be zoned in and focused because this week I will get a better score than four hundred. That is my goal. Yeah, Below the I try to play my round when I'm already in a bad mood because I know that oh. I uh, will not be winning and it's going to frustrate me. And so I try to like pick a nice low point and say, you know what? Here's my opportunity to rebound or more likely just like accept where I'm at. But wouldn't you get more frustrated while already being frustrated? So then you would just I be mean, having a bad day. Like that's assuming there's no floor. Like to <laughs> me, it's just like you're frustrated. You're frustrated. It's not like it somehow gets worse. Okay. Fair. well, <laughs> Yeah. You just take it. I really work on my breathing when I take my shot. Okay, this is getting too much. Inhale and then exhale. Oh, nice. I'm sniper. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Yes, like a sniper, though, exactly. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Guy.
Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. I am not drinking Breck. I'm drinking a Strava because I need the coffee. It's been a busy Friday, but you should go get some Breck brews. And what I just saw today on the newsletter that I got is that they're doing this really fun deal um, where you can go pick up cookies, gingerbread or sugar cookies from the farmhouse, and then they'll give you all the things to decorate the cookies. Then you add in a six pack of Christmas ale or whatever you choose. And it's just a fun little date night or fun uh, night with the kids while drinking some Christmas ale. I definitely think that's fun. So you should definitely check that out over at the farmhouse. Um, And just, of course, drinking some Breck Brews makes the weekend always great. We are going to just jump into some Rams news. We are talking college football and college basketball on the show today. And while we were getting ready for this show, Justin found out there is a chance that the Rams do not play uh, this week due to some issues. Justin, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's it's unconfirmed from the Mountain West or Colorado State at this point, but Brett, Brett, McMur- ugh, Brett McMurphy, kind of a tongue-tied name there, he put out there that Utah State, the players voted to not play based on the comments made by the university president, who basically determined that Frank Melee, the interim head coach, should not be the head coach moving forward. And apparently she said some comments about his religion. Um, Mm. It's a super weird, super weird ordeal. First of all, judging somebody for being Mormon in Utah is just bad business. You're the president of a university in Utah, like common sense. So this whole situation is just absurd. But it's just unfortunate for CSU, you know. I think everybody realized there was a possibility the game could get canceled. Half their games this season already had been canceled, so there was a really strong possibility. But to lose a game like this for the second time this season when both teams have the numbers to play, it's just super unfortunate, super frustrating for local football fans. And, uh, yeah, just 2020 in a nutshell. I look forward to a day and time, which may never come, where uh, people in – positions of power stop saying dumb things no kidding man i mean i don't think that's gonna happen but <laughs> here's to open it's just like how does this how does this stuff continue to happen? like how are people so tone deaf to continue saying garbage like this and it's just like like i don't know there there's so many of these people in sports and otherwise are just like have learned to just like lie like she could have just said she doesn't think he's a good football coach <laughs> Yeah, but like, yeah, just like show her whole ass uh, by just making idiotic comments. She she did not show her whole ass for for people who may be confused. Uh, figuratively, <laughs> she did. Okay, but literally, she did not pull down her pants and show her ass. Okay, well now you're making it really graphic and awkward. <laughs> I just want people to know. Um, I don't think that's gonna happen. It is crazy that it's 2020 and. We just can't be a little smarter when we're speaking, but I just think people have their beliefs and they're strong on that and they're just not going to let that get in the way, even if they hold positions of power, as we've seen. But I can only imagine how frustrating this is for the Rams and um, all CSU fans because this is their third game canceled this season, right? Fourth game. Fourth game. Three of which were at home. So it's it's. It's just been unfortunate. I mean, CSU has only been responsible, directly responsible for one cancellation. That was the Air Force game. Everything else has been their opponents. And it's just, it's been bad luck. And I mean, unfortunately, we knew that there was a possibility. I mean, especially this season, you knew there'd be some cancellations. It's just one of those things for CSU. 
anything that could have gone wrong this year went wrong for them. They lost their best player. He declared before the season even started. Then it looks like you're finally going to get to play. Then they have to deal with all kinds of outside distractions. Then it looks like they're not going to play again. Then they do play, but then they don't play because half the games get canceled. It's been a nightmare. It's been a roller coaster. I'm ready for a new year. I know CSU fans are, and I'm sure Steve Adazio is because yeah, and it's CU... not. It's not been a fun year at all. Yeah, and CU fans have like gone through a lot of the same things. Like they're sitting in a position today where if they win tomorrow, they are undefeated. And still have a chance of not going to the Pac-12 title game because of two cancellations. Um, because Arizona State canceled, and that means that the divisional tiebreaker now goes to USC because they've played more divisional games and are undefeated. And also, the game against USC, the head-to-head game, which would have decided which team goes, uh, was canceled also by USC. So, Buffs fans, I mean, it may not be quite so ugly. At least they've gotten to play some games, but it's it, it's tough. What are you laughing at, Ryan? It just reminds me of that um, that meme of like Mel Gibson talking to the guy who's like playing Jesus, and he's like battered and bloodied, and like Hank is Mel Gibson in this, and he's like telling a Justin like, "Oh yes, I totally understand what you're going through. <laughs> the Buffs are undefeated, and their gripe is they might not get to play for the Pac-12 championship, although they deserve it. Whereas like Justin's losing games, not even for COVID." Uh, you know, the, the Rams have one win. It's a little, a little bit different, but it just shows that everyone's dealing with something in this crazy year. Got the bronze boot. That's all that matters. I I was going to say, but the bronze boots back where it belongs. And I'm going to talk relentless shit to Wyoming fans for the next year (laughs) because it's all I have. It's literally all I have in my life right now. Yeah. Okay. Why why wouldn't they want like a golden boot or something? This is my podcast. Whoa. (laughs) Just kidding. Henry, what were you going to say? Well, I said it. Why would they? Why is the why is the boot bronze? <laughs> wouldn't the golden boot be like bronze boot had the alliteration? Oh, okay. It'd have to be like a golden goblet. It's, I yeah. mean, it's, it's bronze, bronze boot's better than a golden yeah, it's goblet. Just the alliteration. It, it sounds good. The Duh. golden goblet would go hard. Oh, golden goblet. Yeah. And then that whoever like Harry wins Potter, drinks though. out of it, it they're not very COVID friendly, but. Um, okay, Justin, that we haven't talked college basketball, college football, um, since the beginning of the season, right after CSU, um, played against Fresno state. And since then, like we just talked about the Rams, at least were able to win the border war. So you were able to see a little bit of CSU's game. How, how did that feel? Tell me a little bit about that since you guys really haven't had much to hold on to, unfortunately, because of COVID. I mean, that's kind of the thing, unfortunately. It's just if you're a CSU fan, what do you what do you even have to be excited about other than that Wyoming victory? I mean, you're you're the defensive line has been really good. And so in that sense, like it's it's been fun to root for that. But I just feel like it's it's just been gut punch after gut punch. It's just one of those all week in the back of my mind, I, it was just one of those, God, like please, can we just get this game in? And you just felt like it was going to get canceled for some reason. Like, for some reason, it's just not going to happen. And, of course, the dumbest reason possible comes out. And it, it's not happening because the president said something prejudice. And I just... Justin, I how do you how do you feel uh, head coach Steve Adazio has, has reacted and um, responded to these frustrating times? Oh, he's... I, I can't wait for his next press conference. I mean... 
literally the other day he was talking about how it sucks that the Mountain West didn't start earlier because they, you know, probably would have been able to get more games in. Now, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, but you know he's he's been pretty frustrated. I know in particular he was super frustrated that Air Force game didn't happen because that was a CSU decision to cancel the game, even though they technically met the pro the requirement for the roster to play that game. Ultimately, you know, he's a guy where. He just wants to play games, and I think it's tough to blame him for that. I mean, he's a first-year coach. He's trying to implement, you know, his system. So he might say some comments that might, you know, come off a little bit as insensitive or, you know, people being like, look at the world around you. How are you upset about, you know, losing football games? But the reality is, like, that's what he gets paid to do, and he just hasn't had that opportunity this year. And it's been tough. I know, in particular, he's super frustrated about the inability to play at home. They can't get any home games. Those are supposed to be your safest opportunities. Yeah. And, and they just haven't had that chance. I want to just say something real quick that we haven't exactly touched on. I think what Utah State, what the players is doing are doing what the players are doing is badass. Uh oh, and and very I'm, I'm admirable just, on their part. I yeah, want yeah. I'm not I'm not mad at their players at all. It's just frustration about the situation. The fact that they're standing up for somebody who maybe didn't get a job because of prejudice. Very, very, very admirable just sucks from CSU's perspective. That's a great point though. Arthur. Totally sucks from CSU perspective, but I am proud of those players for standing up for their coach. Uh, and, and I kind of hope that, you know, CSU and, and their players come out and, uh, and say they're in support of that decision. I, I'm sure it'll be frustrating for them, but I think that would be a, a nice move on their part. Uh, you know, and coach Adazio can say, Hey, we're really disappointed. We're not playing this game, but you know, a lot of college football is about uh, these young men coming in and learning to be men. And I think, uh, what what those players did there is a is a pretty good acknowledgement of the character that they've developed. With everything you've seen um, from just or everything you've seen from yourself, Justin, from everything you've seen from Steve Adazio, um, how excited are you for next season? Besides just excited to get this season behind you, <laughs> what what excites you for next season for the Rams, especially um, with the quarterback situation? You know, I, I go back and forth on this because it's, you know, how how many themes can you really take away from this season, just given how wonky it's been, how many cancellations yeah. they've had? You know, they've basically gotten to play three of the best four teams in the league on the road, all shorthanded. So, you know, and, and can I sit here and be like, it was a failure of a season? I don't think so, because we did see a team that was, you know, really tough. Obviously, they had some low moments. The special teams have been just absolutely atrocious. And that has to be placed directly on Steve Adazio because he does not have a special teams coach. That is an area where he talks about, you know, I've, I've been in coaching for years. I focus on this. It's my responsibility. Well, they've given up five touchdowns via special teams. So that's absolutely terrible. Yeah. But I have seen a team that plays tougher and I just think they're in, they're in a transition stage. You know, they're, they're going from that Bobo flashiness. We're going to try and, you know, score 40 points a game to more of like a Craig bowl, Wyoming style where it's like, we're going to try and be tougher than you. We're going to try and develop players. We're going to try and keep local guys and develop them. And ultimately, that's something where we're not really going to be able to see the benefit of that until probably, you know, two, three years down the line. I know that's not necessarily what people are, are looking for, but it's just the reality. I mean, how much can you judge this team based on the weird situations and the lack of games that they played? Definitely. Dre, you've been quiet um, most of this podcast. How do you feel about CSU's future? No, I think, I mean, for how it's set up, Adazio kind of made the best of it. And we did, despite all the lack 
in preparation, all the hurdles that this program has been through in his first season, um, we did see, I think, a, a, a better, just a better coach team aside from the special teams. And we saw that identity from Adazio in the trenches, both offensively and defensively. Defensively, they were getting after guys. And it's going to be sad we don't get to see more of that. Hopefully, you know, with this kind of being. An, a, a year that doesn't matter for eligibility. They can bring those guys back and really build on that as a foundation for next season. Uh, but, you know, unlike where uh, Hank chiming in, and it was kind of like uh, the, the scene that uh, Ryan described with Bloody Jesus and Mel Gibson, <laughs> is Carl Durrell has got so much good vibes and momentum built yeah. up from this really meaningless season where they were playing with house money. Um, no matter how the Utah game and what comes after that unfolds, it's been really positive in really setting some house foundations. Yeah, the Rams have had some of that with Adazio, but not nearly anywhere close. And had they been able to get a couple layups at home, like a Utah State where they were favored by 13 points, that would have been really nice in creating those um, good vibes. And, you know, in the end, I think the Golden Goblin that Ryan and Hank were talking about earlier, that's the award you get if you had a Utah State game being canceled because of the players boycotting. In your bingo card, you win the Golden Goblin. Because, <laughs> I mean, we are off the charts here in how these games are getting canceled and postponed. It's just been a wild season. I mean, it's and, and it's midday Friday. So finding another opponent on this kind of notice, forget about it. Um, so that's a bummer, but hey. Maybe we'll yeah. get a game next week. I mean, it's still technically possible. E even when they were supposed to play Utah State this week, Adazio had openly said, you know, if the opportunity arises, I would love to play another game. So yeah. yes, he wants it. How realistic that is, we'll have to see, especially because from a budgetary standpoint, if you're CSU, it pretty much has to be a home game. It just doesn't make sense logistically to spend more money to go out on the road after all of this. We'll see. Uh, one more comment I want to add, though, uh, just based on what Dre said, you know, losing those layups, they lost three games against teams with a combined two wins on the season. So those were, I mean, they were all layups, three wins right yeah. there. If you win all those, if you go four and three, you're just feeling so much better about yourself than where they're at right now. And it's unfortunate. But like you said, the trenches have been better. D-line actually averaging more tackles for loss than any defensive line in the country. So that, that's great. There are some things they can build off. But talk about bad luck. Talk about that Ram life, man. <laughs> All right. Before we get into some buffs talk, I got to tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. And I've got our DNVR Bets Daily hosts right here with me, RK and Professor Dre. Um, so before I get into it, let's see what the deal is this week. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players a chance to earn a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using the promo code DNVR. What are you guys thinking? What are some good bets for the good people to place, Ryan and Dre? Well, I did see that they're offering a 50% profit boost on uh, the UFC fight uh, on Saturday night. So maybe Dre can Ooh. provide some insight into what we're looking for there. Um, they've got another Broncos no-brainer bet, which is uh, <laughs> any we Broncos quarterback to compete a pass. Um, they brought that one back again? They yep. brought it back, but they multiplied it by five. This week, it's 25 free bucks. Talking about, baby. I did that on Lamar Jackson the other day, too. Me, too. Yep. I mean, they are feeling generous over there at DraftKings Sportsbook this week. This is why so, you got to get into DraftKings. Yeah, exactly. They just hand you free money. Um, I I had Allie get an account, and I was like, 
just take all the free money. Uh, and she uh, she has what doubled doubled your account plus. I haven't just taken free money that I am betting and I am really getting into this, and that is how I am making my money. But yes, I have um, more than doubled my uh, deposit. That's what we love to hear. Uh, yeah, we've all made money long term. We win and lose. We ebb and flow, us all. But I think everyone in this circle has had a profitable summer into fall here. Uh, so it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And it's in part because the, the good people at DraftKings Sportsbook take care of us with these kind of promos. In the UFC, I like Charles Oliveira in the co-main to pull off the upset. And in the main, I like uh, the favorite, Figurindo. I'm always bad with his name. To get the, in the finish. Yeah, um, he's going to obliterate Moreno. Uh, so there, there's some odds boost for you. And tune in to DMVR Bets Daily, where we've got a ton of stuff to talk about today and every day. And we've been, we've been winning a lot for people. So there you go. Guys, it's so simple. I definitely was nervous to get into sports betting mainly because I, I just am like, ah, do I know how to do this? Am I going to be okay? But it really makes the game like watching games a lot more fun. And then just getting in on these odds boosts is so easy. You just opt in, then you select the amount. And right now, if the Broncos, if the Broncos quarterback makes a completion, I my payout will be $50. It's that simple. Definitely get in on it. DraftKings is awesome. Um, and I've been having a lot of fun. I told you guys on this podcast, I was like, I'm going to get into it. I'm doing it. Now I'm, I did it and I'm excited. It's a beautiful <laughs> is, there, thing. is there any Henry, Justin, any bet that you see that you're going to place this weekend? Uh, I really like Stanford tomorrow against Oregon state. That's the late game. I like uh, BYU tomorrow. CU, of course, like two and a half points. They've been making money all year. No, don't uh, bet on CU, right? Right, Ryan? Yeah. That's those guys. Those guys can Stay do their away own. From my buffs. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's their thing. Okay. Well, download the top rated or Justin, did you have any? Sure. I mean, I, I've got North Carolina upsetting Miami. We talked about that on the draft podcast. It's a matchup between two top 20 teams. You can get Miami money line plus money, uh, plus 114. I think there's pretty good value there. Another one I like, we got Wisconsin at Iowa. Iowa's at home, but they are underdogs in this game. Another deal, money line plus 108. I just like the value there. The spreads aren't necessarily that enticing, but you have a chance to make some money. There you go. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a deposit bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, uh, be sure to call 1-800-522-4700. All right, it is time to talk a little buffs. The buffs are undefeated. They have won four straight games. They take on Utah tomorrow at 10 a.m. It was scheduled to be tonight, but they moved it to the morning. Um, and we'll get to hear Joel Klatt on the call, which will be awesome. Henry, what are a few things you're looking forward to from tomorrow's game? I mean, like for those of you who haven't been following along with the buffs this season, this is the exact opposite of what's going on with the Rams. Like, I am hyped. This is the most fun I've had watching sports in I don't even know how long. Like the the Nuggets playoff run, the Az playoff run, like this that 
nothing compared to what the buffs are doing right now. Like college football is just a totally different animal. And seeing what Carl Durrell has done with this team has been incredible. You know, Sam Neuer at quarterback played safety last year, switches back. And now he's just jumping in the air and karate kicking guys. Like a literal <laughs> quote from him uh, a couple of weeks ago was I-, I should probably spend less time airborne. It's incredible to watch uh, Jarek Broussard. Who's coming off of two torn ACLs had never seen the field in his career. Second in the country in rushing yards per game. The Buffs have the second and third place uh, players in terms of tackles for loss per game in Nate Land and Carson Wells. This has been incredible. This is one of the greatest Buff seasons of the last couple of decades. And uh, tomorrow's a big day. Do they cap it off? Do they get to 5-0 and and give themselves a chance in the Pac-12 title game? Like I, I, I think that they do, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching it happen. It is pretty crazy because when we recorded this podcast back in, I don't even remember the months anymore, when we recorded a preview to the college season, Ryan, you were talking about having zero expectations for this season. We were like, I don't know what's going to happen. We were, we had just found out that Sam Neuer was going to be the quarterback. People were nervous. They were unhappy with the decision. So much has changed. And this team really has it together. This team is doing things that we haven't seen for a long time. And I think a lot of that does have to do with uh, Carl Durrell and the way that he coaches this team. And just I got to give him a lot of credit for the way that he's handled this um, transition during a difficult time, won a pandemic, last minute hire, and all of these um, recruits and that were just last second. Everything was pretty crazy when he came in. So big shout out to him for what he's done this season. Yeah, it's been incredible. And and honestly, the fact that I came into the season with no expectations has been like the most liberating thing of my entire life. Um, like I'm still in the, like, I don't care. I don't care what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Um, like they have been so much better than anyone could have really expected. Uh, Henry was high on this team and I don't think you had them going undefeated. Um, so the fact that they've been able to do this, um, the fact that Sam Neuer has been able to come in and steady the ship despite everyone, you know, attacking the fact that he became the starting quarterback when that was announced, the fact that Carl Durrell came in in one of the worst situations of any of the new coaches in terms of the timing that he was brought in, uh, the circumstances that he was brought in, and just came in, got to work, and makes this team so well-prepared on a week-in, week-out basis is incredible. So um, I like a lot of people think that, you know, oh, you say you're not going to have expectations, and then uh, as soon as something happens, you start to have expectations. Like, I really don't. Uh, if they, you know, uh, I obviously want them to win tomorrow, uh, but I'm I'm so thrilled with the way things have gone this season that uh, I'm completely at peace with whatever happens. Like, will I be upset if they go undefeated and don't make it to the Pac-12 title game? Yeah, I'll be bummed, especially for the players. But in the end, Carl Durrell gets off to, you know, a dream start for a coaching career at a school. He's going to be able to go into living rooms and pitch these kids on the incredible turnaround that he's done, the NFL background that he has. And uh, it's a, it's been a special season. I'm just, uh, I'm just enjoying the ride. We got to talk about Jarek Broussard, who has just been astonishing. He has been incredible. Um, Another running back wearing that 23 number who's just uh, killing it at CU. He rushed for 301 yards last game. 
insane. Dre, what have you thought of his performance? Well, and not just wearing 23, another guy on the shelf forgotten coming off two ACLs. And then look how good he is once he finally recovers. Just an amazing story. Another small back who's about as good between the tackles, a runner, as you'll see. He's just been incredible with his patience, his vision, and then that burst. And what really stands out, as if those three qualities weren't enough, (laughs) has been his contact balance. I mean, this guy gets tackled, and then he bounces off, and he kind of stumbles forward, and another guy, and he just keeps, I mean, churning out extra yardage left and right. It's been incredible to watch, and he's really been, you know, the engine for this this Buffs offense that's looked really good. They've looked really improved on the offensive line, and – Henry and I talking through some off-season podcasts, we were kind of wondering what will that Carl Durrell imprint on this offense be? We were expecting more pro-style stuff and what have you. But I think Durrell's been really good about empowering his staff, keeping that continuity Mm -hmm. at both coordinator spots, and really letting Darren Cheverini, a fan favorite, I think have his best season as a coach thus far uh, Chev's really been uh, coordinating and, and calling a nice, nice game these first four games for the Buffs. Which, Dre, that's definitely something that we've seen from Buffs fans being a little disappointed with um, Cheverini these last few games and the play calling. I would say it's more than a little, honestly. That's, that's mm. wrong. It's wrong. And why is that wrong, guys? He's, he's been incredible. I mean, I mean, you look at everything he's done. Um, and like Dre said, Carl Durrell has been so hands-off. But... What Darren Cheverini has done is take a bunch of things from his own experience, uh, whether it's been under a couple of coaching staffs now at CU, working with different offensive coordinators, those different theories. They bring in uh, quarterbacks coach Danny Langsdorf, who brings in all of his knowledge. Carl Durrell knows the West Coast offense as well as just about anybody alive at this point. So you have that well to pull on, pull from. But you also have Darren Cheverini's history at Texas Tech running the air raid um, back in the day too. So his job this season has really been to meld all of these different things together and figure out what fits what the buffs have on offense. And what they have is Sam Neuer, a guy who's very athletically gifted, has a cannon for an arm, for the most part is fairly accurate. And what he's done is make things easy on his eyes. He hasn't asked Sam to make too many reads. It's it's all been very simple stuff for Sam to di- digest and just go out there and play football. And that has been what I think has been most impressive about what Darren Cheverini's done this season is what he's been able to do for Sam Neuer, putting him in good positions, making things easy for him, and uh, really getting a whole lot out of a guy who played safety last year. You know, it's I funny. Want all, I want all quarterbacks to play safety. Yeah. <laughs> they just I, I, have no fear. I'm not even kidding about that. Like, put Brendan Lewis in the safety room just once a week. Teaching um, him that defense. Hold on. Sorry. I'll, I'll interrupt you one more time. We have Matt McChesney in studio um, breaking down Broncos film. And, and in the NFL, he played um, on both sides and said how much that taught oh, him. Yeah. And he has just gone on and on about Sam Neuer and the fact that him learning how to play safety and being on the defensive end is helping him in quarter be in the quarterback position so much because he knows how to read the defenses just so much more. And then is also just not scared to really get in there and uh, QB sneaks and all that and just put his body on the line. Yeah, yeah and that's interesting something that Sam has said himself too. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. I, I'm not kidding when I say put Brendan Lewis in the safety room once a week. Um, it's it's interesting, the uh, criticisms of Chev, because they've evolved throughout the year. So week one and two, uh, the offense was electric in the first half, and then they dialed it back in the second half, and they and, you know Chev and Kyle Durrell both got hammered for that. Uh, game three against San Diego State, you know, everyone said it was too vanilla. Um, you know, they, they – they just, you know, were too soft and didn't do anything creative. And then game four, um, it was that they didn't run the ball enough. Uh, you know, they should have run the ball more. It was too easy. Keep running the ball. The one thing I'll say about those four games that they all have in common is they both they all ended with a W. Uh, and so I think, look, there's criticisms to be had of any coach at any level. Uh, and you're always going to be able to nitpick things that you'd rather them do and you think they could be doing better. But I think it's also important to acknowledge what the point of calling any game is, and that's to win it. Um, and, you know, the San Diego State game is a perfect example. They were vanilla, but they were in control of that game from start to finish. So they didn't need to do anything else. Um, the, the the UCLA game, would I like to have seen them just, you know, score 60 uh, and not ever have that late game scare? Yes, I would. But they won the game. <laughs> they protected the ball. They did what they had to do to, pre- to preserve a lead. And you go through it, you know, I think even this Arizona game, what happened is they came out trying to chuck it around a little bit more than you would have liked. I don't think Jarek Broussard touched the ball in the first series. And I was like, what is going on? Uh, And they did, you know, a lot of stuff. And then when they realized, okay, all we need to do is run the ball, they went and they gave the ball to Jarek Broussard enough times for him to get 300 rushing yards. So I think, you know, there's there's a flow to calling a game. There's a strategy to calling a game. And I think... What uh, Chev, his goal is, is to hit a game where Sam Neuer is going and Jarek Broussard is going, and then the buffs are really going to start clicking. You can't do that uh, with, you know, you can't, you can't do that if you just line up and run the ball every darn time. You can get there eventually if that's what work, that's what's working. But I think the goal is to try and get everyone rolling. All the wide receivers are clicking, and, and uh, that's why you start the game trying to throw the ball a little more. Yeah. Justin. Oh, well, Henry, I'll let you answer. I mean, you just look at what the offense has produced. I mean, they're, they're second in the entire conference in yards. Like that right there should say Darren Cheverini's doing a very good job. And then you think through what he's been through with the coaching change, literally zero spring practices, a quarterback who played safety last year, Jarek Broussard, who you knew nothing about. People forget the Buffs lost the second leading returning rusher in the Pac-12 in Alex Fontenot before the season even started. Like, you look at all of this production. They lose LaVisca Chenault, their best offensive player to the draft, and they're still doing all this? Like, that alone should say that he's doing a good job. And then you look at the games and you look at the wins and say, of course, he's he's been spectacular. Yeah. And also, I've been liking uh, seeing Vontae Chenault out there. He's had some big catches, and it's it's cool to see his little brother, uh, LaVisca Chenault's little brother, um, at CU and and out there playing. But Yeah, it's fun. Go ahead, Trey. To reiterate, fans are unhappy that they didn't score enough in a game where they scored 48 points and that they didn't run enough in a game where they ran for 407 yards. Do I have that correct? That's correct. You know fans. I think it's just fans, just especially Buffs fans, are just nervous. And they just get – it's just Buffs life. Like, (laughs) And so they – when they see Chev and the the play is not going the way that they want or 
plays being called that you're just like questioning, even if the rest of the game went well, you're just like, well, why was that play called? And, and they harp on these little moments. And that's how sports fans are. We know yeah. that. Yeah. It, it, gets, it drives me crazy just because, <laughs> like, it's been bad for so long. Just enjoy it when it's good, even though it's not perfect. I mean, it's yeah. never perfect. It is perfect. Um, They're undefeated. Well, that part is perfect. <laughs> uh, but the offense hasn't been perfect, and, and it, you just can't ever expect that. I, it's, you know, I think it goes back to me coming into the season with no expectations. And so I can see things very clearly, I feel like, whereas – you know the fans who have are, are the fans have a sliding scale now of their expectations. Like the scale slid when they went up what twenty eight zero on UCLA. Like it went from like all right, let's just hope for the best to like now we need perfection for the rest of the season. And yes, it, it, I, I love the fans. Uh, you know the, those are my people, but uh, it gets a little ridiculous at times. <laughs> yeah, getting all back right. to Levante Chenault. Just because Ali brought him up. One interesting note is that he's actually first in the entire Pac-12 in yards per route run out of the slot, which is interesting because Dimitri Stanley is the slot receiver. He's the guy, he's actually what I think third or fourth in the conference. I think third uh, with Britton Covey, who they're going to see tomorrow right in front of him. And um, this is out of like 30, 40, 50 qualified receivers who've been in there. Um, so Something to keep an eye on is whether they try to get him into the slot more, especially in the four wide sets, if they can't run on Utah's front tomorrow. Justin, from an outside looking in perspective, what have you thought of the Buffs off the Buffs in general? They're a team that discovered their identity. And I think it's I think it's just a matter of having the right guy. I think we've seen just how much of a fraud Mel Tucker was. That was one of the things that's come up in our group chat a couple of times. And so, I, you know, I'm not trying to take that as an original point or anything like that. But I just think we see a team that's bought into the coaches that they have. Yes, it hasn't been perfect, but we see a bus team that plays incredibly hard every week. I love what we've seen in that defensive front seven. I mean, the D-line, the linebackers, they've been legit. Obviously, what you've got out of the run game. You know, I'd, I'd say maybe you know, see how it plays out next year. Don't, don't get too ahead of your guys' selves just at this moment yet, but it seems to me like they have the right guy and it seems like a program that's heading in the right direction. And, you know, ultimately that's good for college football in the state. If both of these programs can just get back to a winning place, let's two top 25 teams. That, that's the dream. It's been a while. Um, been a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I think you're right. You know, this season is weird in so many ways. It's kind of the same way that, you know, a lot of basketball people are saying, well, like, well, let's see Jamal Murray do it outside of the bubble. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, let's see things get back to normal. Uh, you know, you can, you can pump the brakes a little bit. Well, what I will say is that momentum in college uh, athletics real. is more important than in any other type in any other sport in any other way you play it, because you can turn momentum into players. Uh, and those players then turn that momentum into wins when they get yeah. here. So uh, obviously it's up to Durrell and staff to finish the job on the recruiting trail, but it's a hell of a lot easier to sell, uh, you know, uh, uh, how, whatever they end up, four and two, four and one, you know, five and one, six and oh, whatever it is, that's a hell of a lot easier to sell than what they've been selling for even the five and sevens they've been selling for a few years. Yeah. Plus it's worth remembering that this freshman class is one of the best that they've ever brought in. So yep. it's not like they're coming in without a bunch of talent like this. This should be one of the most talented rosters that the buffs have over the next couple of years. And Carl Durrell has a chance to build on that. Yeah. And to that point of momentum, this to me was always kind of, 
the season the Buffs were supposed to build off of from the rise. We are three years removed. There are a lot of juniors who were brought in because of that rise season. And we're seeing that jump in talent. I mean, it's been a slow burn this millennium for the Buffs, <laughs> you know, really from the, the conference change to be one, one of the worst teams in the Power Five to having to build up to being good enough to lose close against Pac-12 opponents, to then winning a division title and now being competitive, being able to fight for bowl eligibility year in, year out. And now you're seeing it on a good year, being able to build off of those good recruiting classes from previous good years and keep that momentum churning. It's pretty exciting. And, you know, the Rams were in that kind of spot five years ago with McIlwain. They were in the, you know, they were ranked often. They were making bowls consistently that momentum got lost along the way, and now they're trying to rebuild that. The Buffs will, have that. They need to keep it up. It's pretty crazy because, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, uh, Colorado and Utah coming to the Pac-12 and whether that was the right thing. And, you know, uh, if the Buffs win tomorrow and USC loses tomorrow, the Buffs will have the second most Pac-12 South titles in the last six years, second only to Utah. Uh, which is pretty uh, uh, pretty crazy. It would be five out of the last six would be for Colorado and Utah if they get that break to go their way tomorrow. So uh, it's it has been up and down, that's for sure. But uh, you, lo- I just love that this is happening in a coach's first season. Yeah. Uh, because there's just so that, that's just that the momentum factor is just off the charts. And I think something something from the rise season um, when I was down at CU and covered that was that these juniors and seniors that were playing had gone through those really hard years. Nothing compared to what these guys now have gone through, but those guys were going through one win seasons, two win seasons. And when they were juniors and seniors, Sefa Lufau, Chido Bayouzie, they were like, we are going to do this. We have seen the struggle. We have gone through it all and we're going to compete we're going to fight and then after the rise you did see a little bit of a drop a little bit of complacency it seemed like um and now you're seeing those junior seniors now from when they were freshmen really step it up and and show that they want to fight and they want to get back to what they came into as a program and so it's really exciting and i mean you got to also we got to also talk about nate landman carson wells those guys have just been incredible there's so much talent on this cu team and henry you were you were saying this from the very beginning you were very excited about this team yeah no like this isn't out of nowhere like (laughs) like this is not out of nowhere in any stretch of the imagination we saw what this defense did at the end of last season we knew that on paper it was a top three defense in the pac-12 the question was what do you have at quarterback and we thought the answer was nothing and it turns out that was not true you do have a quarterback, and obviously the offense is doing enough to get the job done. It shouldn't get like misconstrued, though. This defense is the reason why they're winning all these games. It is one of the best defenses in the entire country, and that's not a hot take. You have, like I said earlier, second and third in tackles for loss per game in the entire country with Carson Wells and Nate Lamon, who you brought up. And now they get to go up against the quarterback who holds the ball the longest in the entire Pac-12. It's going to get ugly for Utah in the backfield. And to be honest, like when you look at Utah's front seven, they're really good too. They might not be the most athletic, but they're big and strong and stout. And they're going to cause some trouble for this running game that the Buffs have relied on. And I do think it's going to be kind of an ugly game. Being back, Getting back to this Buffs defense though, like they have, I mean, I think their entire defensive line is NFL players. Um, Mustafa is going to be there next year. Jalen Sami and Terrence Lang are going to be right behind him. 
Nate Landman's going to be in the league next year. Carson Wells, I think, is still probably a, a year away. But that's what we're talking about here. I think like this is the best front seven in the Pac-12, and uh, they're just doing it. Like they're doing what that that front seven should do. Yeah, going back I mean, to right, you can talk. I was just gonna say like defense and running the football. Uh, it, you know, it, 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 when it doesn't work and that's your philosophy, it's really boring. When it does work and that's your philosophy, it's really badass. Uh, and that's what this team is right now. Like when you are a defensive football team led by a linebacker who is just, you know, I don't know if this is a good thing to say in 2020 in football, but like cracking skulls out there, including his own. Uh, yeah, as he's literally bleeding down his face. from his forehead. Uh, like it just, it, 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 you do have an identity. And I think Justin was the one who used the term identity. This team has an identity. Uh, and it is like we're going to hit you in the face when you come out here on the defensive side of the ball, uh, and then we're going to run and run the rock down your throats on the other side. And, like, when that works, it's magic. Uh, and the, the scary part is, like, when you want that to be your identity, it always sounds really boring until it starts working, and then it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Going uh, going back to what Justin was saying about what what has been talked in our in our Slack our company Slack about Mel Tucker and the difference in coaching with Carl Durrell is just the fact that this team has quietly gone four and zero. Carl or Mel Tucker was very much in your face, very much. He had a different style than Carl Durrell, and it feels like this year it is so much more about the players and the the team than about himself, which Mel Tucker did a fantastic job selling himself and then selling Colorado. But it was a lot about selling himself. And this doesn't feel like Carl Durrell selling himself. He's selling this team and their capabilities and what they can do, and that's also working. Yeah. So, in Mel, Mel Tucker is the guy that goes to the gym and posts a picture every single time. Carl Durrell is the guy that just goes to the gym and works out and gets yoked. <laughs> yeah. In Mel Tucker's defense though, like he is the one who hired Tyson Summers and brought over this defensive scheme and taught it to all the players. And we saw at the end of last season that it was working, that they were holding good teams to very few points um, in a way that Colorado hadn't since the rise season. And his, his fingerprints are certainly still on this defense. Definitely. Although like the, the culture change, all that kind of stuff, I do think was very good for Colorado. Yeah. But it's true that he was selling himself to the point oh, yeah. where someone bought him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's what happened, but yeah, it worked. Uh, but I do. That's the other thing I really, really, really love about Carl Durrell is I feel like if, if, if this works and he hits and he rides this wave of momentum, like, He's just going to be here. He's just going to be here uh, to to keep rolling this thing as far as he can get it to go. And a good transition into that is um, I've seen this comment a lot on the Buffs post game shows about Carl Durrell and the excitement behind his hire and stuff uh, is the comparison of Tad Boyle and look at what we have in uh, the Buffs having a coach like Tad Boyle. Um, so we can transition into some basketball talk, but first, guys. Go get your teeth clean. Make sure your hygiene in your mouth is very, very good. And we have the perfect people that you should go check out. Green Mountain Dental Group. If you go and you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. You know, quarantine. Everyone's just everyone's been eating. Everyone's just been living their life because that's, that's all we can do in 2020. And so make sure that your teeth are 
taken care of. Make sure that your teeth are clean and go check out Green Mountain Dental Group. Um, they are one of our very loyal supporters, big Denver sports fans as well. They're 15 minutes out of downtown Denver in Lakewood, and they just truly treat you like a family and supporting them really supports us. So definitely go check out Green Mountain Dental Group and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. And those electric toothbrushes are really just a game changer. So don't forget to let us know if you go to Green Mountain Dental Group and let them know that you heard it from us. All right. College hoops talk. The Buffs took on Tennessee a few nights ago and it wasn't very pretty. Ryan, Henry, what were a few things that you think the Buffs need to work on after watching that game? They just got to they got to get an offensive flow. They got to get shots to fall. They got to uh, find their identity. I don't think that team has an identity yet. Uh, and, you know, the the identity of any Tad Boyle team is defense, defense and rebounding. Uh, they took care of one of those things and they they defended uh, Tennessee really well. They they held them to a number that was very beatable. The problem is they didn't rebound, uh, and, and Tad often thinks that, you know, if you play defense, it'll take care of itself on offense. That didn't work out for them in that game. I feel like uh, um, Michael Malone also feels that way. <laughs> he does, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a staple of a lot. You know, it's similar to defense and running the football in, in football. You know, it, when, it, when it works, it works. Uh, when you have no offense, like the Buffs did in that game, it doesn't. Um, so when they kind of find who they are and – they get some shot makers making shots and those sort of things. They kind of find a way to get Dallas Walton and Evan Batty more involved inside. Then, you know, that team has a chance to be successful. Right now, they just kind of look like a – it looked a little bit like pickup basketball uh, on the offensive side of the ball. They don't, and, you know, guys are coming in and out, and they haven't played together. And, you know, this is usually the time of the year when you're playing – whoever you know Omaha and you're learning about your team well to go in and play the number 12 team in the country on the road on three days notice uh it's tough and and I thought they represented themselves well they just didn't make shots yeah and I think Tennessee deserves to be better than number 12 too you know I, w- I was reading previews before the season that had them top five and and that's that's where they belong that is where they belong um that is a really good you don't think Tennessee is no they're a top 10 team for sure they're, they're as good defensively as any, I know, I know, I'm just saying the the difference between the top five and everyone else in college basketball this year is as great as it's been in a long time. It's, there's a couple that you got mm-hmm. Iowa, you got Gonzaga, Baylor, and yeah. everyone else. Really? I see. Cause I think Tennessee belongs right in there. Defensively they're I mean, they're, they're an incredible team. Don't, don't be down on the buffs because of that performance against Tennessee would be a good way to put, I mean, to, to go against them on short on short preparation i mean just just watching the way that tennessee covers the floor i mean in the right. half court it's absurd i mean they're as good defensively as anybody in the country so oh, yeah. i guess i shouldn't i don't know why i argued with hank there because he was trying to say <laughs> tennessee is really good and so am i so hank, i'll give you the floor to you and i'm yeah hold on, on. I think this is a great time. Am I unmuted now? Can you hear me? Um, Okay. I think this is a great time to plug a new podcast that is going on um, the college feeds. So the feed you're hearing it from now, Rams and Buffs. uh, It's a college hoops podcast. These guys go a lot more in detail as to the entire national view of college basketball plus Rams and Buffs. So definitely check that out. DMVR Madness, baby. Uh, Yeah. To me, Tennessee, like, that's just a better team than Colorado. And and that's just where we're at. If Colorado gets some nice breaks and the young guys develop, 
yeah, like like the, then you can compete, but it would have been a pretty big upset for Colorado to beat Tennessee. And that's just being honest. That's where this Colorado program is. You know, they they aren't a top 25 team right now. And they could definitely work their way into the top 25. But when you watch them, there still are some flaws. You know, McKinley Wright is a great basketball player. But when you go up against a team like Tennessee, he's only beating his opponent by a slim margin because he's going up against really good basketball players. And that's why you need other people winning their matchups too to help him out a little bit. And, and that's what I saw is just that Colorado isn't quite ready to compete with a team like Tennessee. Yeah, have- it's, it's concerning when your best offensive, your best player, who is McKinley Wright, obviously, can be taken away by just clogging up the lane with all that length. Now, n- very few of the teams that they're going to play, if any other team that they're going to play this year, will have mm-hmm. length like that. But unfortunately for the Buffs, I think there was a bit of a blueprint put out for how you can try to stop the Buffs. It's just you, you, you cannot let McKinley Wright get into the paint and, and go to work. You have to stop him on the perimeter and make someone else do something. Tyler Bay obviously went to the NBA. So who do you guys think is stepping up in his absence or who needs to step up? Dry a horn is. And honestly, like the loss of Tyler Bay doesn't scare me all that much. Like, like I I think that he does a lot of things well, but there were a lot of times where he just disappeared. Like you don't win the Dayton game without Tyler Bay. And there are a couple of other games. that are just like that. And he was the defensive player of the year in the PAC 12. But at the same time, when he won that award, Tad Boyle was telling us he's not even the best defensive player on our team. Like, like just being honest, McKinley Wright should have won that award. And and so when you remove a guy like Tyler Bay, it it definitely is a big loss. But you bring in a grad transfer like Jariah Horn, who's going to be shooting 40% from three and be one of your leading scorers, stretch the court. And then you have Jabari Walker coming in, the true freshman who looks like he's ready to go and he's providing plenty of presence in the paint. Um, you have Dallas Walton, who's now ready to take on a full-time role now that he is recovered from the ACL injury. Uh, I, I, I mean, this roster is in a better place right now. It is more talented right now than it was a year ago, and I'm confident in that. It's just, can they turn the talent into chemistry and winning games? Justin, the Rams basketball team was supposed to play earlier um, this month, but those games got canceled. So hopefully they play on Monday against Northern Arizona. That'll be their first game of the season, right? They got a, They actually have a game tomorrow against CSU Pueblo. Um, assuming well, it happens, this I guess, is wrong. Point, yeah. <laughs> is it? Does it, it? It's probably not on the official. Or is it just an exhibition, or is it actually? A- well, they're non D one, so I, I think yeah. it's a game, but doesn't count it, towards your net or whatever. Yeah, or exactly. So that's why it's not coming up. It, it's really they, they wanted to open the season up against Northern Colorado. That was the original intent. Unfortunately, CSU didn't even have their first practice until Tuesday. I think that was their first practice wow. in the last three and a half weeks as a team. So it, it's been a tough situation. We'll see how they're able to come out because I'm I'm actually pretty high on the Rams. As, as disappointing as this football season has been. I'm equally excited for basketball season, assuming that we can get through it with all of this weirdness happening. Dre, did you put your finger up? Were you going to say no, something? That was fingers crossed that we actually <laughs> oh, yeah. to see the Rams. Because <laughs> this college hoop season, both uh, in Boulder and Fort Collins, should be pretty exciting. Um, Greeley, too. A lot of really good sure. basketball. And Wyoming's much improved. A lot of yeah. good, A lot of good college basketball to watch. Yeah, hopefully we get the uh, Rocky Mountain Showdown back. I know they said there was intent to reschedule it. We'll it's see what happens. Tough, but yeah. 
I, you never know. You never know, especially if both teams end up losing a conference game. It's easy enough to hop on a bus, you know, 30-minute drive over to Boulder or Fort Collins. Make it work. Yep. yep. I'm just disappointed that the big sky is doing like this. Uh, they, they do both games in uh, one place. And so Northern Colorado is going up to Missoula twice. Too, and I don't get to watch the Grizz down in Greeley. And I'm really disappointed. Were you, oh, weren't they going to have fans here. in their stands anyway? Montana, maybe. But I think by, by the end of conference play, they could have. Maybe. Who knows? Well, we are doing a bunch of stuff on the college beat side, so definitely check that out. We are doing Buffs post-game shows, um, Rams pre-game shows, and we're going to try and figure out college hoops for Rams and what we do there. Um, but definitely be sure to give our YouTube page a like and subscribe. Um, hit that a little alerts button to get some um, alerts whenever we go live with all of our shows. Before we fully wrap up, Ryan... What is the line for this Broncos Panthers game? I was uh, too busy putting my promotion, my my DK it was, promotion. It was what three and a it's half? Two and a half. I think it's two and a half. Oh, All right. How do you feel that about that spread? Are you taking it? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. That's it. You're feeling Give me the good? Broncos. Give me the Broncos. Okay. What about Broncos money line? Give me that too. Oh. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. feeling good about the Broncos. Justin, are you taking the spread? Yes or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like what we saw out of the defense. And I, you know, I think we're going to see an, an improved offense this week as well. I, I like their odds. Yep. Uh, it's, did you guys say plus two and a half or plus three? Two and a half. Plus two and a half. Okay. Um, Henry, yes or no? Buffs are two wins away from getting their asterisk title. Oh, and so I'm not thinking about the Broncos till Sunday. <laughs> Good for you. Hell yeah. Yep. yep. Nice. Okay, Dre. Yeah, I hate it. This line is too low. I shit my stupid human brain wants to hammer the Panthers. That means the Broncos will cover and they'll win outright. Booyah. Okay, well, be sure to check out our tailgate show every Sunday morning. That's when Henry will start focusing about the Broncos game, it sounds like. Uh, it's before. a lot of fun. The guys uh, have to take a lot of tequila shots. You talk football and the Broncos, and then also get to see Henry message uh, girls on Tinder. We, we have a lot of fun on that show. Uh, so definitely watch that Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Yeah, and don't miss out on the very beginning this week because Henry has to take a double shot of tequila to start the show because he lost to me in Madden. Well, if Kale's pulling, pouring the shots again, then they're all going to be double shots anyway. Quadruple. Quadruple. It's going to be an interesting one as usual. We will see you guys next week. Have a great rest of your weekend.